Hi, this is Chris Westfall with FEI. First off, I wanted to thank you for being a listener of the podcast. We've had some great conversations, especially over the past several months. But we always want to make things better. So we're launching a new listener survey to get your ideas on what, if anything, needs to be changed. It's short, only seven questions, and you can find it in a link in the episode's show notes. So please take a few minutes to give your feedback in the survey. Our goal is to make this podcast as relevant as, and as focused as possible for all financial executives. Thanks. Hi, this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. The headlines around the commercial real estate market are dire, either because of the work from home shift or drying up of capital as regional banks struggle. For financial executives that work in either the real estate industry or just trying to figure out their organization's footprint for the next fiscal year, the outlook is confusing, to say the least. To get some clarity around the issue, I speak with Lisa Nee of Eisner Amper, a tax partner and national leader of the firm's real estate practice and the National Real Estate Practice Private Equity Group for her perspective on changes in the commercial real estate market over the next fiscal year and what both CRE investors and users should be thinking. Thanks, Ms. Nee, for, for uh, joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, there's been a lot going on in, or a lot of talk anyway regarding the commercial real estate market and given what's been happening with some of the regional banks over the past several months. So um, I, I wanted to level set, maybe sort of give a little bit about your background and, and what your focus is, uh, Eisner Amper. Terrific. Yeah. So my name is Lisa Nee. I'm the managing partner of real estate here at Eisner Amper. I am a tax partner by background. So I love things all about taxes. Uh, but here at Eisner Amper, we focus on real estate as a solution with our clients going forward. So not just one service line specific, we want to make sure that if they have outsourcing needs, whether it's at the property or at the fund level, we want to work with families as they grow and they develop their portfolios or even more mature families who have had portfolios in their um, in their family for many, many years and looking about succession planning or how they're going to get capital. And so you, you just jumped on something really quickly. And what's so important is to make sure that people have that three to five year plan, the five to seven and anything further out there, especially in today's environment with cash flow and interest rates, really understanding the properties that they own, whether it's in a fund structure, a REIT structure, family owned structure, institutionally owned, really understanding that asset and what they're looking for from a cash flow perspective going forward. Yeah, that's a, that's really important, and especially about our discussion today. But I just wanted to you're you're a CPA, correct? You you have a background in that. I am a CPA. I'm also an attorney, but yes, I am a CPA. Yeah, I always like to get that in there with the audience to make sure we all all talking the same language. I, I wanted to start off a little bit about sort of broader and then get specific. Um, what do you see, and and what are your clients seeing about the current market in commercial real estate? So again, real estate is cyclical. So any of our clients that have been around, this is nothing new to them. It's just which sector is being affected. Um, and so I think what's happening right now is really the great uncertainty uh, is what everyone's seeing. And, and I think you 
<clears throat> have uh, approached it with a, a great question is what we're seeing. And the problem is we're not seeing much because there's not a lot of deals out there. Mm-hmm. And the, the deals aren't out there because no one knows what they're valued at. And until interest rates uh, stabilize, it's going to be really hard to figure out what valuations are. And I think that's what's causing the uncertainty. And so people are looking for that search for clarity and uh, hopefully rates plateau just really so that everyone knows what they're dealing with and we can adjust to the new reality. And that's what clarity is going to be necessary to bring capital back into the sector. Well, one thing I want to follow up on that is, um, you know, you said that that people have experienced or this is is nothing new. There's nothing unique about this cycle. Uh, I mean, interest rates have been pretty low for a while. I'm glad you asked that. No, of course, there's something you, mm-hmm. unique about this cycle. What's unique about this is this is more behavioral. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're we're rebalancing supply and demand. And it's always been about supply before. Uh, we had too much supply in the marketplace. Now it's about demand and how people are really looking and figuring out that hybrid environment, the demand for multifamily and, and single family homes. So this is really a little bit different than supply. It's more about demand and behavioral demand. And that's what's uni- unique about this cycle. Is it, is it, um, so there's behavioral demand and there's interest rates. Um, which, which do you think is the biggest driver right now? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's, I think they're, coinciding. And I think that Mm. that's really what is, that's what the need for uncertainty is. So if we talk about office first specifically, and we look at, you know, in 1990, there were plenty of vacant office buildings. Mm. And then as we start going through time, I don't know how old you are, but when I, when I first started working, I, there was 300 square feet per person for an office space. Then it went down to a hundred square feet per person. So right then away, right there, um, that was already something happening in the marketplace. Then hoteling started to happen, which means I needed less people to count for. Mm-hmm. And then when you started looking at open space concept, again, less offices with doors. And then you just mentioned, I'm a CPA. Uh, and so we had lots of libraries and file rooms and mail rooms, right. big space for that. All Now that we're paperless, all of that need for office space has gone away. So you had those factors before we even got to a hybrid work environment. And when you think about, uh, office space, you rented for seven days of the week. You only ever showed up for five for most offices. Now we're talking two to three. Mm-hmm. And so that behavior is something that over time, you know, needed to be adjusted to begin with. And it's really just starting. Now the trading with interest rates, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities out there in commercial real estate, really good opportunities, but it's going to be painful to get to those opportunities because as you said before, we just don't know where values are yet. Yeah, that gets sort of into my next question. And I, I really can't gauge this because, I mean, the from what you've said, you really can't tell where the stress is in the commercial real estate market right now because, you know, it, things are sort of at a standstill. Or is that the way? Let me just ask a question. You know, are there any regions that you see stress coming or existing in the commercial real estate sector, you know, in terms of either vacancies or defaults? So what's interesting is when you look at this um, and you look at defaults. So we knew when we, we kind of know when we're reading Craftsy and Trap and the watch list on the loans that are that are not good. Mm-hmm. So in, in 20 at the end of 2019, 11% of the of the loans were on, you know, where they were looking at the watch list. And last, I think it was April 23, we were at 
And so that that has gone up tremendously. Remember, that's the watch list. Right. Now, the actual delinquency list where we actually stopped paying a year ago was at one point six. And today it's at four percent. Now, that might be one giant loan or it could be a number of loans that make up. But you're able to tell um, over the next three years, it's I think it's about over five hundred million uh, in loans each year for the next three years. So we know when the loans are going to start maturing and what to watch for. But what we don't know really is the lease. We don't know when the lease mm. expirations are going to be up. And so that's really the hard part is what's going to be the demand. And within those buildings, how much of that building is going to be vacant at what period of time? So, you know, when you talk about the mortgages, people can anticipate and we can go in and help. The problem is, is that the leasing, we just don't know what the behavioral demand is going to be for that space and how how easily uh, people are adapted to it. Retail's coming back a little bit. So everyone's been worried right. about retail for the last 15 years, but retail, uh, you know, looked at more of the experiential retail. retail. Even the, the local strip centers are coming back because people want, they want that experience of going locally and shopping. The big boxes are the ones that are uh, getting affected and that space is the ones that have to be readapted going forward. So each sector uh, within real estate has to really look and figure out uh, where the consumer behavior is going to be, multifamily, single mm. family rental. Um, and the regions, you know, the Sun Belt was very, very hot, but now Sun Belt states are getting very, very expensive. So there is a slight migration going back to northern states because, you know, people are starting to get outpriced of the of the rates in the in the Sun Belt. With the interest rates being low, people aren't, you know, if if you I'm sorry, interest rates are rising, but the rates that people are having on their fixed rates right now if they're low, it's very hard for them to trade up because right. they don't want to get out of something that they've held where they know they can pay the cash flow. So that trading isn't happening either. And so that's really what's what's problematic for the people who thought they were all going to come down to the Sun Belt. It's very hard for people to move the inventory down in those Sun Belt states. Since 1931, Financial Executives International has been the leading advocate for the views of corporate financial management. Its more than 10,000 members hold policy-making positions as chief financial officers, chief accounting officers, controllers and treasurers at companies from every major industry. And FEI enhances its members' professional development through peer networking, career management services, conferences, research, and publications. Join FEI today to network with key influencers, understand emerging issues, advocate for corporate finance, and boost your career opportunities. Both individual and corporate membership options are available. Go to www.financialexecutives.org and click on Become a Member. Or look for the link in this episode's show notes. What about just, um, you know, as far as, you know, the past, you know, several years, almost a decade of low interest rates, and it's been a very um, buoyant market. Um, are there any... You know, um, certainly from what you said, you know, there's different aspects, different regions that will be impacted. Is there any sort of canary in the coal mine that you look at in terms of regions or, you know, real estate sectors, whether that's, you know, office or industrial, you know, a canary in the coal mine that you'd look out for where you're saying, OK, this is where the stress is starting to show. And, and you know, everybody has to look at this right now. I think within every sector, there's going to be some stress depending on what class building it is and what region it is. So 
everyone thinks multifamily is a darling. It's, it's been doing very well because there's a housing shortage. But what's also problematic for multifamily is if you invested a few years ago for a value add and you were expecting that refinancing to get your cash out to the investors, that might not happen because rents are not going up. Mm -hmm. And so there also might be a problem if there's a hedge on your loan and you need to get some more capital back infused, those investors are going to feel the strain and not get the investment that they had anticipated uh, if it's a value add. And so what's going to happen is either the investors have to go in and, and help bail out that property, or they're going to have to go get some rescue capital, which is going to be at a very high interest rate. So even multifamily, that's a darling, could start seeing some strains. Same thing with uh, industrial, depending on the class of the property and where it's situated, you know, there can be some strain there too. So I don't think any class is immune. It's just really understanding the property and making sure that there's contingency plans as to the operations and what could happen. Nobody's going to be able to foresee any of, you know, any events that could happen, but at least there's got to be some stress tests. Uh, and that's why I mentioned before that three to five plan, five to seven, and anything longer than that to figure out uh, what your cash flows needs are in, in any environment. That gets a little bit into my next question about like access to capital. I mean, how would you describe the current state of CRE lending since <laughs> since, since the uh, big bank stress that happened over the past couple of months? So in the past, the bank was a willing partner to mm -hmm. lending on real estate. And now banks are reticent to lend because those regulators are making it difficult. They require more capital on the construction side and they're, and, and even certainly on the building side and on the investment side. So underwriting is very, very difficult. And so what's happening is other sources of capital are going to start keep coming in because those regulators do not want to have something on the balance sheet that they're going to ultimately have to write down mm -hmm. because then they might have to write down all of their properties on the books, and they certainly don't want to have to take back any properties because they don't want to run it. So what's going to happen now is the marketplace, there's going to be opportunity for rescue capital to come in hmm. where it's not necessarily the banks, but it could come from the owners. It could come from a REIT. Syndicators are going to step up. Family offices are certainly, so if you have a family office that uh, has an appetite for some risk, there's some great opportunities to go in there and make those loans to some developers and owners and real estate private equity funds or any private equity funds is certainly going to be an opportunity. So capital and this new high rate interest environment is there. Mm -hmm. It's out there, but it just might not be in our traditional bank lending right now because of what, where the regulators are standing. Do you think that there's a capacity out there given the size of you know, the amount of, of, of that that's needed in capital? Oh, there, there is a lot of capital out there. It's just mm -hmm. getting the opportunity to go tell the story to why you're the better person that needs that capital and what rate you're willing to pay. It's interesting. I, one one thing I wanted to follow up on, and, and I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, is um, you know the real <clears throat> the real lack of, of transaction volume in commercial real estate right now. Everything's sort of frozen. I don't know if that's right, but you know, not moving because of everybody's trying to see where interest rates are going to go. Everybody's trying to see what the next step is. What does that mean in terms of like accurate pricing? And and what does that mean for you know? Hopefully, I, I understand this correctly about like you know pricing debt, rollover, rolling over debt, 
because um, I know I'm, if I understand it correctly, that sort of uncertainty leaves a big hole in, in people's minds. Right. And and that's the whole that great uncertainty is exactly what has slowed the transaction market, mm-hmm. because without any deals, you can't pinpoint where values are. You, you need you need to be able to assess what the market is willing to trade at. And without any of that, it's going to be very difficult to figure out if the deal is going to pencil out and what the values are. And so that's really the uncertainty is what making what's making the market. So there really, as I said before, there needs to be some clarity uh, to have interest rates know interest rates have to plateau mm. so that we people are knowing what they're dealing with and you can adjust to this new reality. We need to bring pa- capital back into the sector. And the only way to do that is to have the rates uh be at a, a place where people are certain so they can pencil out deals and understand if they're going to make it or not based on where the, the rates are going to land. And that's what's going to help figure out the valuation and, and pricing. So everybody's going to be watching what the Fed's going to do at the next meeting to figure it, out. It, look, it looks like it. Yeah. yeah. I, more I mean, the I... math only works if the capital come, if, if, if values come down. So cap rates have to go up, but the values have to come down. That's the only way that, that these deals are going to work out. Right, right. One thing I want to ask you, and I, you know, this is certainly coming from a lot of our members, all FEI members, you know, are users of office space. You know, they're they're con- you know they're renegotiating, um, you know, leasing deals. Um, what should they focus on in this environment, if, if as as users of of these sort of things? So there's definitely an opportunity for vacant spaces right now mm-hmm. in commercial real estate. Uh, and what people are looking for are very, very high amenities. So yeah. whether it's um, cafes or cafeterias, um, gyms, they want to be able to have clean air. They care about that. They care about, you know, how with what the ESG ratings are to make a happy environment um, and the air quality. Right. They want wellness centers. They want good, good retail there. And so that's really what needs to be focused on is what are the buildings uh, that people are looking at and how are you going to create a space for your employees or your tenants to come in and want to be there on a daily basis. And so those older office buildings could be a problem uh, if they don't have that type of amenities available to them. But there's always people looking for cheaper space, whether it's a not-for-profit or some less profitable companies. But if you really you need to entice someone to go to a nice office uh, right now it's definitely a flight to quality hmm. newer to better yeah interesting so i, I want to sort of wrap it up with a forward-looking question and and that's you know that's always difficult giving the uncertainty in the market right now but what's your expectation for commercial real estate uh, going in the second half of the year so there's always opportunities in commercial real estate i'm going to end it on a positive note for you there's always <laughs> opportunities it is going to be it could be a painful year for some investors Mm -hmm. but you know it's always with it's cyclical so that's what people have to remember it's always a cycle and so if you're able to maintain and hold out and and look forward thinking it's not it's opportunistic um and and making sure that people really do think about the properties they're owning investing renting um and looking to acquire and making sure that um it's a place where you're going to want to be. And so I'm going to be, you know, a little bit on the bright side. Um, I, you know, at first I was cautiously optimistic starting the year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be cautiously 
started going through the last half of the year (laughs) cautiously. Great. Great. Those are my questions. I really appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate this opportunity and, and thank you.